2: Find others on iTunes. All
3: right, yeah, I no, no.
2: Hello, Dumdi Dum. Land, it's Royfield here, and I am in the Norwood Club in Chelsea, in Manhattan, and you know the drill. If I'm somewhere and I say this, it means it's going to be a Dumdi Dum. Now, this has been somewhat of an emotional and enjoyable Dumdi Dum because you know what, folks? We've actually spoken about the Archers for the last two hours. All I've been, do- all I've done, is been bombarded with people. Dissecting Jim, Ambridge, and plot lines, and um, end to plot lines, and I've I've spent a rather enjoyable time with the forthcoming people that you will hear on this podcast. So, who are you,
4: Diana, Jenna, Jenna Ravioli,
2: Witherspoon, Dana, Prescott, Master Miles? There you go, Master Miles master miles not niles and we we've, we've had a right royal time but just as i was getting into my flow talking about american politics master miles said he that he needed to go to get ready for his five mile run so the rug was pulled from underneath me so i pulled rank as chief Dumdy dumber and said we need to do a Dumdy dummer, because he was halfway out the door could you believe it so get back here <laughs> With that in mind, folks, it's the most important part of the show. After Lucy's monologue, of course, we're going to do a dum-de-dum. So, are we pitch perfect? You heard that? Pitch perfect. So after 3123 dum 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 Dumpty dilly dumpty dilly dumpty dilly-dum. Dumpty 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 dum Dumpty Dilly Dum Meh <inaudible> There
5: you go, well done. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about <inaudible> the reality docudrama that is centered on average in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the trendy girl band that is Robert Wilson, and with <laughs> me I have the tone-deaf Teeny Bopper that is
6: Lissy Freeman.
5: And the last part of Ambridge's musical, youth, Folks, is You. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Royfield and everyone that you heard there. Lucy, if someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that?
6: Um, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Um, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs. Shambridge for her brilliant voices. Mike Hatton for his character counts. And to Derek alone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek has spent most of the week cutting out pictures of Carol Vorderman in her various startling summer outfits and sticking them all (laughs) over his uh, Vorder wall. Uh, He's been a fan (laughs) ever since her countdown days when he dreamt of having two off the top and one at the bottom.
5: (laughs) On this week's episode, we hear views from young Keith, Master Miles, Emily, Valerie, Andy and Witherspoon.
6: Um, I I need to interrupt for a moment, if I may, please, Robert. Please do. The Um, floor's yours. Uh, th- just to let listeners know, uh, this is, uh, um, I record this in my, in my studio and there is a mouse in it. Quite a large one. <laughs> I found a big hole in the floor and a mouse. So I've got Sybil and Basil, the dog and the cat in here with me. sybil's useless. The dog is skittering around on the floor because the mouse keeps poking. It's still there. It keeps poking its head out. And then uh, Basil goes cantering over to it and it shoots off again. But soon it will make a break for the door. When it does, it will sound like Armageddon in here. So if I sound a a trifle distray at any point, I'm not (laughs) not concentrating. Uh, I am concentrating. I'm just um, uh, there it is again. Basil, look. Basil, in the corner, look. The trouble is... My cat is terminally lazy and my dog is terminally... Basil, it's there! It's poking its head out of the bookcase. Sh- book okay. Basil, get the mouse. Yes, he'll then get it in his mouth and run around the garden triumphantly with it.
5: Yeah. This week's episode of Dumpty Dum is sponsored by Rent-A-Kill.
6: Oh, God. Basil's <sighs> not even looking. Basil, it's there, you bloody fool. Oh, God. <laughs> I am better at catching mice than both my pets. That's rubbish, isn't it?
5: Fair enough. Why don't you just chuck a book at it or something?
6: Because it's wedged behind the bookshelf.
5: Oh, I just see its
6: nose peeking out. Then it makes a break for the door. Then every time I say, there it is, it runs back in again. Oh, we've seen it now. Well done, you. Ten minutes too late. Anyway, never mind. Right, carry on and I'll try and control my fury slash hysteria.
5: Okay. Before we crack on with Lucy's Week in Ambridge, if you fancy a bit of northeast knees up uh, styly, why not head to the Dumpty Dum meetup on Friday the 19th of July 7pm at the Tyneside Cafe Bar in Newcastle. It's a Tyneside Bar Cafe in Newcastle organised by Dumpty Numbers Jane and Mia. Everyone is welcome except that little mouse. Further details in the Facebook group uh, Ambridge Upon Tyne or tweet Mia at at Fox on a Ledge. That's Fox on a Ledge on Twitter. But first, before the calls, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V Freeman's Week in Ambridge.
6: We began the week over at Green Knackers with Shula grudgingly complimenting Alistair on his handling of Daniel and Dorothy. We did very well, she said between gritted teeth. Top marks. Aren't you a good parent? Well done, you. Not even God wants me. <laughs> Alistair was considering shacking up with Jakob or possibly yakking up with Shakob. They had a little sleepover. <laughs> Alistair had a Spider-Man duvet on the floor. They ate Watsits, went round the house with torches because they thought they heard a ghost and watched videos of cats on YouTube. <laughs> Diplomatic <laughs> Pat broached the topic of the post-nup. Well, that went well, Pat, said Tony, with ill-disguised glee that for once he wasn't responsible for the thing that went tits up going tits up. Tom (laughs) had a proper, full-on, purple-in-the-face, foot-stamping rage. How dare you suggest that my marriage is not going to be the best marriage ever and ever and last forever and ever, men just because she pissed off on day two, hooked up with her ex, and only came back when there was a whiff of some moolah in the offing. <laughs> this is outrageous! Casha, <laughs> no meanwhile, seemed remarkably amenable, probably because she, sensible girl, has realised that she has no more desire to have her financial lot, and I don't suspect it is a lot, tied in with the hair-shirted crackpots at Bridge Farm. I've thought about it, Tom, and your mum's got a point. You're all way more mental than me, and I'm not having my fruit juice (laughs) empire sabotaged by a group of people who can't even decide on tea or coffee without having a family meeting. Emma was happily working away in the cafe. Well, not happily. Emma's never happily doing anything anywhere, is she? She should get together with Adam, actually, if biology allowed. Their joint sighing could power a small wind farm. That'd be one for Peggy's eco-competition. A misery wind turbine fueled by discontent. Feeling a bit low? Are you so busy? You haven't got time for a piece of flapjack. About to have a baby with a bloke you're a bit ambivalent about when you'd much rather be squeezing someone else's soft fruit in the polytunnel. Husband about to be banged up for driving around the countryside with half a ton of plant Viagra in the back. Then come to the misery turbine, have a good sigh and power Shula's Hitachi personal massage wand for half an hour. Sorry, I digressed. Yes, Emma was in the cafe, short-chain to the customers.
4: What? She always
6: does that. That's how she got the deposit together. A tenner here, a tenner there. It all adds up. <laughs> Kira Knightley was there and she spoke. She sounded remarkably like Henry, but more mature. But then Tinky Winky sounds mature compared with Henry. Clary raised the issue of poor Papi being devastated when Pepper Pig leaves the farm, as Pepper has the highest IQ of anyone on that bloody farm.
0: <laughs> anyway,
6: they got a loan that farm animals are not pets, said Clary. It's not like we've given it a silly name or anything. Oh. Ben (laughs) has been roped in as youth advisor to the summer fate, much to Josh's bitchy bitchy amusement. I'm not quite sure why Josh is older than Ben, but Ben has a voice three octaves lower. And also why Josh is an odious little twat, and Ben seems like quite a nice boy. Anyway, his big idea, youth advisor, is to get shot of the Hollerton silver band. Go for a more contemporary feel. Tommy Croker it is then. Not Tommy (laughs) Croker's son, the actual dead one. And Clary and Emma. Checked out number one, the green, which was in a right mess, said Emma, sighing gustily again. You see, this wind turbine idea could really work. <laughs> there was a lot of chat about Joe's new chair, where it would go, how happy he would be just sitting in his lovely chair, looking at his lovely family doing <laughs> lovely things in their lovely new house. And the whole listening public went, Oh, God, no, this is it, isn't it? He's going, isn't he? He's is going to be in the chair, isn't it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I think an Elvis style death would be more Joe, actually, off his head on tumble tussock on his private lavatory. But anyway, I spent most of this week. In tears one way or another due to the archers and i'm going to be a total mess when joe finally shuffles off his mortal long johns but i have the comfort of knowing that you'll be there as you always are sobbing with me the end oh i do have to say chaps that was a shorter monologue as usual than usual and i apologize yeah. but that's because of so much time was spent uh with jim and jazza and alistair and that was way not ideal for joke material so uh i didn't have a lot to go on as they say
5: no, nah, but it, it was still three and a half minutes. I think, wouldn't well, no, it? Come on, don't, you're doing yourself down a bit here. Am
6: I? Okay. Yeah,
5: it was. Okay. It was sparkling as usual.
6: Lovely. How nice. Thank uh, you.
5: Reminded me of a few things because I did. I, I I actually listened to the live Omnibus this week, and yeah. that's something that I don't usually do. I usually. No. Yeah, I've usually got a hangover. I, you know, I didn't have a hangover on Sunday morning, which is remarkable. But anyway, didn't the you? less said about that, no. I I was nearly run over by a police van in the middle of Oxford.
6: <laughs> uh, Robert came to my birthday party on Saturday. Basil, there's the mouse. There's a mousy, mousey.
5: And the the policeman stopped me and yes. said, and he he gave me a dressing down, and I I I fell asleep on the bus on the way home. And so I was in a bit of a, a daze, and I, I just listened to him. And I, 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 anyway, I was lucky not to be arrested, <laughs> I think. You just, you just <laughs> listened very to him saying what? And you know what? All policemen now are younger than me, and I'm not going to be told off by some young scallywag like that. Scallywag. Who does he think he is? <laughs> Jumped up.
7: With what his stamp proof
5: vest, I was crossing the road. He said, You just walked out into the road. And I said, That's how one crosses the road, officer. Oh uh, Yeah, Ossifer. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I hadn't told you that, but there we are. So, um, yes, and y- you mentioned Tony and his, that went well. I just thought, You.
6: I know. Sarky so and so. I know. But it is that Ugh. it's so often Tony that sparks rows and Pat going, "Oh, Tony, just leave it." And this time she stuck to her guns, and it all went wrong. But you know, I think she's got a point. Absolutely, Pat's got a point, point. and uh, you know, I do. You, you do hear of things like that uh, happening, and uh, you know, there are there are mm-hmm. huge um, legal holes that people can fall through in terms of um you know divorces and separations and things and uh, it made perfect sense to me Natasha was entirely reasonable suspiciously and um mm-hmm. and it was just Tom Tom having a total bloody childish he's you know you would never believe that he is nearly 40. But you
5: could understand why he's a little sensitive about yes. this because yes. because his first marriage didn't happen no. He didn't want to turn up. Yeah. And Then this one has already had a bit of a wobble, and mm. this is this is is is, is um, evidence that there's been a wobble. Yeah, if you see what I mean. Yes. But, um,
6: yeah. But then I think even if she hadn't done a runner,
5: it would be the in the first, first thing to week. Do.
6: But but yes, it, it still would. I mean, it should have been a prenup. Um, yeah. you know, because when you are joining a family that has a vast amount of of sort of physical assets mm. you know even if you've even if you're, you've, you you've she she grown up with them i'd imagine that legally their family solicitor although i'm sure they don't have anything as sort of sensible as a family solicitor to the bridge farm lot um no. you know would have said you know, th- th- who is this? This who is this woman? Uh, right? This is a good idea. She's got a business. You've got, you know, you're tying her into your business. Therefore, it has to be put on a proper legal footing. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that should have been discussed before. But I guess there wasn't really a lot of before, was there? Because no, they just went roaring it... straight into the whole, you know, r- ridiculous marriage.
4: Yeah.
5: By the way, your your impression is is very good
4: of Natasha. <laughs>
5: you sound quite you sound quite fit as as a welsh woman
6: <laughs> it's a, it's uh channeling nessa from gavin and Stacey. i
5: think <laughs> i was thinking maybe neris Hughes from the
6: oh from midway from the, oh, What's was it called the district the nurse the district
5: nurse uh,
6: oh the dog's now no the berserker. liver birds that's liverpool Oh,
5: remember the like there's one for the youngsters the liver birds
6: wasn't she shall, from Liverpool
5: in that? Oh, never mind. Uh, yes, yes, she was. But Neris Hughes is Welsh. I mean, yeah, you can is. tell that from the name. Yes. The Neris oh. and the Hughes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> both kind of Welsh.
6: They are.
5: They are. Right, shall we crack on and listen to yes. some corners? Let's do that then.
7: Hello Um, ambridge 3962
5: first of all let's hear from young keith who i'm reliably informed is 95
4: hello young keith here (laughs) first time caller in era uh, reluctantly said um and i believe well as a child of a a broken home um long journeys to and fro different parents i was subjected Aww. to a lot reluctantly once more subjected to a lot of archers listening um and so it's hard to gauge my most early memories but i do distinctly remember talk of a uh, infant rory um so i suppose i'm a rory um i quite like rory so i'm happy with that um i'm just calling because amidst all this controversy about the different scripts that uh, no one seems to be liking at all. I do think that the writers are missing a trick um, with the classic odd couple that is Freddie and Shula. Uh, I would love to hear more uh-huh. about what's going on in that household. Um, I like the idea of Freddie leaving Babe Station on of an evening and Shula turning on to watch Songs <laughs> of Praise and being shocked by what she would see. Uh, and all sorts of hilarity could ensue. Um, I'm also a mustard. Not a massive, a massive Leonard fan. Um, although he does have sort of a creepy serial killer who's doing a lot of background info. Maybe he's just trying to get to Ruth uh, type <laughs> air about him. But uh, more Leonard, more Freddie. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but more Shula, please. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you're saying that. <laughs> Babe Station, do people still watch Babe Station?
6: I don't know. I like the idea of Shula watching Babe Station and he might <laughs> have him not to come in and turn it over and to put it on back onto Songs of Praise. <laughs>
5: oh dear (coughs) oh sorry (coughs) we
6: haven't heard Leonard for a while have we
5: we haven't no
6: the last bit was when he sorted out um, uh, he told Kenton to to, to go and apologise to David and he showed uh, Jill well she patronised her way around his garden what a funny little house (laughs) where were your cows
5: (coughs) you right? yes yeah are we still? Are most people still under the impression that he's actually Leonardo da Vinci in disguise?
6: I think he's Leonardo DiCaprio.
5: And <laughs> uh, well, either way, um, I, I'd like to see his palette. Um, but because he came out as as a non artist to to Jill, but isn't Schuler still under the impression that he does horse paintings?
6: <laughs> horse paintings. Um, <laughs> Uh yes, nobody knows that's his. That's his secret, isn't it? That he's not a very good artist. I know it's plenty it, of people yeah. who's. <laughs> that's their secret too. Only they don't know it. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm. I'm just imagining the paintings they're doing. <laughs> it's all the. It's always the hands they get wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Always the hand. Why? And. I,
6: well, no, it's, it's. I love one of my favorite things is, is um, in every small country town that you go to, yeah. there is always a gallery that sells earrings made of bits of funny colored stone that bear no yeah. relation to, you know, any sort of precious jewel or anything like that. They're just funny yeah. colored bits of stone. And um, oh, by the way, the dog is now trying to dig the bookshelf out. Oh great! Dig the mouse out from behind the bookshelf. The fact that it's nailed to the wall doesn't seem to have crossed his mind. But anyway, you mm-hmm. know how bright he is. Um, yes. uh, yeah, so there's uh, the, it's always a gallery, uh, and it always sells uh, pictures of foxes and badgers, and the odd hair sculpture, and um, uh, uh, lots of uh, earrings, and um, things like scented drawliners and stuff, and. It's always got sunset at, if there's a harbour, sunset at the harbour, sunrise Mm -hmm. at the harbour, boats at the harbour, and uh, yeah, and lots of sort of indeterminate watercolours because they're nice and wishy, (laughs) they're they're nice and non specific. So if you get the perspective a bit shit, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And if you leave out in the rain, it
5: doesn't matter either. I,
6: (laughs) I imagine that Leonard has been coasting along doing that sort of stuff for years. You know the clump of Hmm. daffodils in the mist and things like that, and then all of a sudden someone said a horse, and he thought, "Bloody hell, that's a lot more difficult than a daffodil. (laughs) (laughs) It's got legs and it moves around, and the eyes have got to be in the right place and everything."
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, I Reminds me, what what was that Hancock film?
6: Oh, the artist. Yeah, the
5: the artist. Oh, oh, is it the Rebel? The Rebel. The the rebel. Rebel. Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, well Keith I don't want more Shuler. I mean she's featured quite heavily this week uh trying to um trying to uh, open up Jim so to speak and more of that later. Um but I mean actually I was about to slag her off and now I'm going to give her credit because she was she was trying wasn't she? She's very trying. <laughs>
6: um, actually she got a bit of love on the Twitters who are usually yep. kind of so pro so anti shuler it's you know verging on trolling but she um, they did say because Basil is the mouse oh, oh no, my god oh he's got it no he hasn't got it oh my god sorry hang on one second I'm going to have to move the basket so we can get it otherwise okay. the silly arse will start digging up a little bit.
5: Well, dear listener, little did we both realise that today's Dumpty Dum Gun would turn out to be a live mouse-baiting show, as, uh, as, as Lucy, Lucy skitters around her studio in the same manner as the little mouse. Uh, and I don't know whether you have thought of this, but um, Lucy was saying, it's a really big mouse. And to me, there's a name for a really big mouse, and that name is Rat. So maybe it's actually a rat that's skittering around in Lucy's studio. I don't know. Okay. But I, I don't like the idea of Basil biting his head off live on the show because, I mean, this is... She's she's advocating the death of, of one of God's creatures and it's just not on, is it? She'll be back momentarily, I'm sure. Now, as we, as we listen in, Hello. Hello. It's
6: like David Attenborough in here. That yes, crunching was, noise was Basil eating the mouse uh, that he's just caught. Oh, why?
5: That's our first live death on Dumpty Dum. <laughs> Are we
6: now a snuff podcast?
5: <laughs> I mean, you and I have both died frequently. <laughs>
6: oh, yeah, I was going to say on Dumpty Dum. Speak for yourself. But, um,
5: <laughs> right. <clears throat> what flavour was it, by the way? Ma- the mouse. Oh,
6: hang on. He's still looking as if it's. Is it still there, Basil? Hang on a second. I'm sorry
5: about this. Oh. oh dear. I mean, I just... Oh no,
6: you've killed it. But there it is. Oh, oh there. Like, you can. Oh,
5: there it, it is. You don't need to get it it's anymore. just dead. That was it's alright. That's the all only right. mouse.
6: Good boy. <sighs> Things like yes. that
5: are surprisingly difficult, difficult to
6: kill. Mice. Yes. They're surprisingly difficult. Cat. Small... They're quite easy to kill, I think. Are they? Okay. Hmm. Right.
5: Have you never killed one. No. I mean, I mouse uh, with a mouse trap. Yes. Oh, I'll mean, match I'd, one over I'd... there with a the rolling pin. Have you? Yeah. I killed. I, I killed a small sparrow with, with a with a brick once. Why? Because the neighbours. Because I'm a serial killer. No, because oh, the neighbours battered
6: half killed it and you finished half it half
5: killed it. Oh. So I thought, well, I'll finish it off. So I put it on a brick and then got on half a brick to try and bash its head in, and it started tweeting really loudly. And oh, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. Oh. And that, it took a couple of bashes.
2: Ooh.
5: It really did. Mm. Anyway, moving on, shall we we hear now
0: from Master Miles? Yes. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Master Miles here, Master Miles, (laughs) Royfield. Uh, I am sitting here on a beautiful day in Central Park, not in upstate New York, uh, just hours after having a lovely evening and meet up with Royfield, Diana, Jenna Ravioli and Witherspoon and friends, um, and Royfield threw me under the bus a little by claiming that I was the one breaking up the party. Uh, that was only <laughs> partly true. I am in fact here in the park to run the uh, Front Runners New York Gay Pride Run ah! five mile race, uh, celebrating, kicking off Gay Pride weekend, um, which, along with a meet up with other archers fans, is just about a perfect way to. Get things started for me. I also just listened to Friday's episode, and boy, that was a humdinger. Someone Mm. who called in last week predicted this exactly, so congratulations to whomever that was. Uh, I think Jim's story is weighty enough to justify his behavior ever since the party, and it was done with a bit of bathos, but I don't know how you avoid that with something this serious. If it doesn't seem quite realistic, I'm sure that the many people who have to suffer through this kind of abuse and this kind of revelation about it uh, find it a little bit unreal too. So I think that was well done. I also have a bit of a retrospective theory prediction that this may have originally been intended as a two- or three-hander episode uh, and that the scenes with Emma and Clary uh, were a late insertion because it seems to me that they're setting up the eventual exit of joe yeah uh, i think it's great given the sadness of his death that he's apparently going to get to die before leaving grange farm that's all for now Happy- and Ooh. then he went ha. i think he and went. There I think he was he,
6: gone
5: yeah i, I think, think he he went over the two minutes yes mm.
6: um yes we need to talk about jimmas don't we yeah i thought well we both You messaged me and said, oh, my God, I'm crying. And then I messaged you and said, oh, my God, I'm crying. Um, (laughs) It it was, personally, I felt it was brilliantly written.
0: Extraordinary. It was
6: fantastically acted. Mm -hmm. The supporting, i.e. Alistair and Jim stayed in completely to type. Jazza was all for sort of marshaling together some kind of band of outlaws to go and rip this guy's head off. Uh, Alistair was saying, "We're all, we're just here for you. We're just listening, Dad. We're just listening. It's okay. Yeah. We're just listening." The relief in Alistair's voice that things finally made sense to him,
5: Yeah.
6: and the huge compassion and and um, and and love that he showed for his dad, and the you know just the understanding yeah. of how awful that was. But one of the best things I felt was the A, John Rose acting, which was just so moving and so spectacular when his little voice broke, Yeah, you know, and he said, I was only eight and that Mm -hmm. was the bit that got me. And and also it was so accurate, the grooming that, you know, he took me to, he was always up for fun. My family weren't, he was tactile, he was warm, he was friendly, he was everything my parents weren't. He took me to the cinema because my parents didn't like going, you know, And then telling him that God would punish him. And oh, oh. And then, you know, starting off as horseplay and him thinking, I don't really know, you know, this little boy thinking, I don't really, this doesn't feel right, but I don't really know what's going on and everything. It was so accurately done. There was, it wasn't sensationalist. It wasn't EastEnders. It wasn't, you know, anything loud or shouty. It was just quiet. Nastiness, you know he said we were a nice family, and uh you yeah. know and it's not and, and abuse isn't some it's like with with Robin Helen thing you know abuse is not is not can is not um just like with Robin Helen, abuse doesn't have to be you know uh, a massive black eye and a spectacular scene and screaming matches and all that. it can be really, really subtle, and um the infiltration of a sexual groomer into a family. It's very very subtle, and that's yeah. what they did just brilliantly absolutely brilliantly
5: yeah i don't th- i don't think there's another program that could have done it that way because no. of the because we because of the the long storyline yeah the long narrative that the, the Archers arches allows the build yeah. up and it's also and um, I, I guess we say this quite a lot, but it's the intimacy yeah. of Radio, Yeah. That you often listen on headphones that is all in your head. And we were all sitting at that kitchen table. Yeah. With those three.
6: And when he said, can you all sit down? Because I can't, I can't do this standing up. And, uh, you know, it's just, oh, Mm. yeah, just wonderful. Just, just so good and so upsetting. And I don't think there's, there's a person that, that didn't feel moved by that or, or you know just outraged on you know little jim's behalf and and also it makes sense of i'm I'm quite interested to see i haven't heard Sundays obviously but i uh um I'm quite interested to see if this will now change jim in any way if he will now become a bit more now he's you know it's been accepted it's out there people know it's accepted you know will yeah. he will he change in any way will he become a bit more open a bit less you know sort of uptight i don't know
5: mm i th- think <clears throat> it's inevitable that i mean that the the, the, whole, the character will develop and will be less frosty i imagine but um the the thing that i thought was really brave and uh, of of them is that they do it to the, the story centers around a, a man that is 80 years old mm. and to show that you can keep a terrible dark secret like that and how um how you just don't know what what's happened to people in their lives because they could so easily have had a, a, a child abuse story and had yeah. it of, of a child being abused yeah and that will be that's the, that's the go to story, isn't it? Yeah. But, but to have this historical, yeah, abuse story, which I guess has been in 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 the news for the last ten years or so, and it just shows that you know, you know, back in the in the sixties or whatever, you know, this did happen, and mm-hmm. it was harder it was harder for people even than now to to tackle. Because yeah. he wouldn't have been believed, would no, he? No. If he'd have said something
6: to his mum and dad, yeah. yeah, he wouldn't have been believed, or he'd have been told you did well. You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't. put you get overexcited. You shouldn't play with people like that. You shouldn't. Da 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 da. da you know.
5: Yeah. Somehow, it but would it have was been his fault. Extraordinary, extraordinary mm. piece of radio. Well, yeah. I was sitting in my back garden, and you, I just you could just tell there were you know what what was happening in my. My eyes pricked with, yeah, with tears, and it was just yeah, it, yeah. It's am I'm you listened so obviously I listened live on the the fifteen minute show, and then listening again on yeah. the omnibus, it doesn't yeah. get any easier. No, to listen to it, and
6: also for, for it to happen to somebody like. Jim, who has so carefully cultivated this spiky—that's sort of what we love him for. He yeah. does not take any bullshit. He is spiky and prickly, and you know, very, very uh, independent and um self-determining. And then to have to see him so, and to sound to him, for him to sound frail as well, for him to yeah, sound sort of weak and vulnerable, and uh, you know, and. Uh, you know and there's the you know the eight year old boy isn't very isn't very far away from him, is it It's sort of no. like he's been carrying it around like you said he's been carrying it around all the time, and you made a very interesting point at the party when you said about it was three blokes talking there yeah. wasn't a woman there to
0: mm-hmm.
6: to channel the emotion Shula sort of started it yeah. uh, but uh, she wasn't there to you know it was just three three blokes having a very compassionate empathic. Uh, chat and supporting each other, which is yeah. quite and three kind very of
5: different types of men yeah. as well yeah. that are that have become close to one another. And um it was just a there were so many positives in it as well as this horrible, dreadful thing that's happened. Is just showing that men can be vulnerable and emotional and support each other in really difficult times, and that all it takes to a certain extent, is just to talk and to listen. Yeah. And that's the first step of recovery and getting over something. Um, it was, yeah, remarkable, absolutely remarkable. I can't think of a more powerful episode that that didn't use a massive, spectacular, dramatic reveal. This was just yeah, so subtle. Yeah. And... But yet revelatory. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice wasn't cracking with emotion there. I, I think I've uh, I've done a lot of talking this weekend, a lot of talking nonsense. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I will uh, clear my throat once more. Um, shall we move on and hear from M. Lily Emily? Yes. Let's do that.
7: Hi, uh, M. Lily here. Uh, Just calling uh, with a few points whilst driving the four-month-old round the Kent countryside trying to get her to go to sleep in the heat. First thing was I was just appalled by Tom's reaction with the whole post nut thing, even though uh, Natasha had agreed to it. So unattractive, so embarrassing. Second point was um, Emma and Ed please negotiate on that deal don't just take the first offer from him clearly he really wants the ram and you'd think with eddie's influence they would be eddie'd be trying to you know get them to get more money you go back and you say no we want seven and blah blah so that sort of stressed me out a little bit Uh, main (laughs) point though was um just listen to uh jim's uh scene with alistair and um, jazza at the end of the week and I just thought it was amazing um I thought it was uh, so well acted by Jim uh, the actor I thought he he took us back to that awful time um he he sounded so vulnerable he sounded like a little boy yeah. and it was incredibly sad and um, incredibly brave and I just yeah I thought it was brilliantly done and um it was really nice to see Alice to hear you know men being vulnerable and and so refreshing that Alistair has reacted in a caring and kind way and just I feel like they've done that so well and you know for anyone else listening who's been through something like that you know people can react in a way that can be helpful and can support each other so I hope the script writers continue um, to do a really good job on that because I I think it was done amazingly. Uh, So that's me. Um, Little one's asleep. So thanks very much. Speak soon. (laughs) Bye.
5: (laughs) Driving and recording a a call to Dumpty Dum. I'm not not sure whether that's legal. I'm sure um, she's
6: on hands-free.
5: Okay. All right. Uh, I wouldn't like to record this. You heard
6: her click the indicator, so she must have been.
5: Okay. All right. Anyway, I'm sure
6: she wasn't driving around on her phone with the baby in the back. I mean, with holding the phone.
5: Okay. okay.
6: Don't do nothing legal. All right. Dumpty exactly. Dummies. I've
5: already had trouble with the law this week. So quite.
6: <laughs> well, although I feel partly responsible for that, but anyway. There um, no, were well, no. I uh, what's going to say? Yes, I I I don't know what I'm kind of waiting at the moment. I'm waiting for Joe to die, which is awful. <laughs> Well, we've been I doing feel, that I for like ten that, years, haven't we? Uh, yeah, the angel of death flap. I can hear the wings flapping, um, and I am also waiting for Ed and Emma not to get this house, um, and I wish something would happen because when he mentioned Tim again, I thought, oh mm-hmm. God, what's happened to Tim? Uh, if they get this, this if they sell the ram, is because somebody said uh, one of somebody's plot prediction was that. Uh, nasty tim would um ed would have to tim will get well tim will well, this is sort of partly my predict plot prediction and partly someone else's mm. i can't remember who's the other part was though um i think tim will get uh caught ed will be told that if he gives evidence against tim he'll be let off yeah but as a threat somebody will kill peppa pig Okay. One of Tim's horrid mates will kill Peppa Pig. Mm. So that's my rather depressing um plot prediction. But I just want I want that to hurry up and happen. I don't mean I want it to happen, but I want something to happen. I don't like it when Tim goes quiet because he frightens me.
5: Yes. He's um, when he was first introduced and he 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 was really smarmy to Emma, yeah, wasn't Emma. he? And-
6: and, and told totally me you, just, you were beautiful, but I didn't believe
5: you. Uh, Ooh, creepy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> they can't not get the house. Come on. And this is just—it would irritate me greatly if if they yeah. don't get the house. Uh. I mean, simply because I want to see what that awful bloody coffee table she's going to get from <laughs> from <laughs> Fallon is. What's it
6: Also, so have I? I, I can't. I don't know whether I've missed something or who is now moving into. Grange Farm.
5: No one at the moment, but my prediction is it will be, of course, the Aldridges, Brian yeah. and Jennifer, right. will be, will will finally be restored to their Lord and Lady of the Manor status status
0: ah.
5: at Grange Farm. Yeah, because um, old Watts' face is is going to remain at the uh, Oliver's going to remain at the Gay Grayballs, isn't he? Yeah in in the presidential suite or wherever yeah. he is, yeah. or the broom cupboard, wh- wh- yeah. wherever he's living there. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they'll move in there. Unless the gills also move in there, they have.
6: I, mean, I wish we could hear the gills. I wish we could either hear them or they'd sod off, one or the other. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like having people in the village. We don't know, Robert. It disconcerts me. I know. I mean, me. there's
5: plenty, plenty of silent characters, but... Um...
6: <clears throat> Not an entire silent family that are living smack bang in the middle of the village in the biggest house. That's just weird. Yeah. They don't go to the shop. Nope. They don't walk about. No one's spoken to them. They haven't got a gardener or a cleaner or anything. It's just weird. We don't weird. know who they
5: are, do we? We don't no. know how old they no. are. Um, no. What their background is, whether they're likable people. <laughs> how many of them are there? There's at least two, the gills, but it could, there's man and wife, one presumes. Do they have children? Do they have a horse? Do they have a mouse problem? What about shoes do they
6: take? What's going on? We need to know.
5: (laughs) I'm sure we'll find out eventually. Andy has called from Denmark. Shall we hear from
3: him? Yes, why not? It's Andy from Denmark.
6: Hello. Uh,
3: Just a quick one. The reason neither of you have received a Mother's or Father's Day card from me is because in the last few months, one of you called me a contrarian. And the other one referred to me as a sociopath. So in my A to Z of parenting books, neither of these rank highly. So you both need to improve if you're going to get a card or present next year. Uh, Now, just a quick one regarding the archers, which is slowly improving, I feel, in the last week or so. We heard Kira for the first time. I think it was for the first time anyway um the other day talking to Emma and I have a real problem with the children uh, that act on the arches. Not not them as actors, but for some reason the script writers always make them say, Oh right, white when they <laughs> when they're given an instruction by the parent. Example um Helen, uh Henry, go and give Lee that um thing for karate. Oh right. white or, uh, Kira, uh, why don't you go show Nana, blah, 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 blah. All white. No, yeah. kids don't say all white. Well, my kids don't no. anyway. Um, <laughs> really annoys me because it's just nonsense. And also you can hear whenever a child is speaking in the Archers, you can hear that they have been recorded separately. Yeah. you just It's just so obvious that they're not there within yeah. the conversation because there's always a slight delay. Uh, and it, it is so unrealistic. Um, but anyway, so it's it's always annoyed me. But for some reason, it really came to a head <laughs> when I heard Kira the other day. Anyway, loving it, as always. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Um, back in the day, the, the
5: children were always played by adult females. Well, actors, Shula, the
6: actress that plays um, Shula Hebden-Lloyd used to play in her slightly younger days she used to play a lot of small boys because mm. uh the female voice of about sort of mid 30s can be pitched to could uh harriet carmichael shambridges can do an yep. amazing little boy voice uh there's a certain there's a certain t- stress you can put on your voice that sort of produces this this uh preadolescent male voice, which is very disconcerting, I have to say, when she does it. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so Shula used to play quite a lot. She used to turn up in quite a lot of period dramas playing small children. But I, th- I think um, uh, I think it's because we know we've got another, how old's Kira? She's about six, isn't she? Six or seven? Yeah. So we've got like another 10 years of her going, all right, mum, all right, gran, <laughs> until she suddenly comes out and says hello. When she's, you know, she'll go. She'll have summer holidays and then she'll reappear. <laughs> yes. As somebody else said about Pipard as, as a languid divorcee of twenty two. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just the, the sort of uh, the grim inevitability of knowing we've just got to put up with.
0: Yes. No.
6: I don't want to until they're you know able to be proper characters.
5: He's absolutely right though. That I think they just they bring these children in. For a one-day recording session and yeah. then they put them all on the old-fashioned carts that jingles used to be on on radio yeah. stations before yeah. they got yeah. computers and then there's someone there pressing the green button
7: all right then no mum
5: and uh, yeah that kind of thing I was miming pressing a button there which of course doesn't come across very well mm. on a podcast <laughs> never mind shall we uh, hear from our next caller in Arara? I think we should
6: Hi, Dumpty Dum. My name is Kiss Cass. I am a Nelson Gabriel. I am a retired nurse from Hampshire. I think that covers all the requirements. I'm a first-time caller in here, but a long-time listener. I'm just calling in to say how brilliant the writing was on Friday, and the acting was also incredible. The Archers has made me shout at the radio many times. I've even stopped listening recently because it got very banal, but Friday made me cry. And it's very rare anything can do that. I also just wanted to mention in passing the foreshadowing of Joe and his chair. I thought that was a very (laughs) good link between Clary and Emma. And it's obvious what's going to happen, but very good nonetheless. Thank you.
5: Yeah, there's not much more we can add to that, is there? No, Um,
6: no. It's interesting as well that the chair is in um, Frasier uh the chair, Fraser's dad's chair, was used yeah. as the kind of a symbol of his the generation that he was from. You know, he liked it yeah. because it was comfortable. Frasier couldn't bear it because it was tasteless, Disgusting. even though it yeah. was comfortable. And uh, you know, um it's interesting how sort of furniture and, and that Emma is happy to have in her bloody, you know, marble all her Instagram inspirational, um, aspirational marble topped coffee tables and God knows what. She's still happy to have Joe's horrible old chair in there because it's his and because it would make him happy, and that's really sweet.
5: Mm. Yeah, it's uh, going to be another See, tough episode. chair, a
6: symbol of parental divide, right on one page of the, one side of the page only.
5: Well, that's one. That's one for Archer's academics. All right. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Furniture yeah. through the years. Yeah. In, yeah. uh, in the arches. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm going well, to do something. Really... Uh, we've had a oh, quick
6: well. Um, email. Well, it was a tweet. Um, okay. From uh, Vox Lux, who said, love the podcast, just to point on organic farming and climate change, because everybody was up in arms about um, uh, Peggy's um, uh, eco uh, award. Yeah. Uh, organic can have a high carbon footprint, so not yeah. always sustainable. Five hundred thousand could also attract further public and private investment for new farming ideas. Yes, all right. We'll stop all being so cynical. Yes, yes, yes. Yep,
5: yeah, absolutely. It's a good but point, um, though. I hadn't
6: thought of, orga- of organic not being sustainable, but it isn't necessarily, is it? It isn't.
5: No, especially
6: must be quite intensive.
5: Well, it's it's just that you need more land yeah. to produce the same amount of stuff. Yeah. So to produce a liter of milk, you need. I, you know, I'm going to make a figure up here. You know, you need eighty percent more grass to do that because you're not using uh, fertilisers. Uh, well, you are using fertilisers, but you're not using you're using natural fertilisers, which aren't yeah. as uh, aren't yeah. as um, effective, etc. But yeah, please do not write in and and say that I am wrong. Because. Well, you don't I'm care
6: not. anyway that you don't see the emails. It's me and Royfield no, that get bombarded. No, that's true.
5: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's a valid point there. There is a valid point there. Um, but there we are. Right, I'm going to attempt to do something because I haven't slotted with a spoon in yet. And I've got okay. to drag I've got to drag and drop with the spoon. And he, he, right. might, he might start. Brace yourself by with the
6: spoon. Hang on Ooh. to something.
5: Hang on, hang on. Oh, God. Oh, this is so nerve wracking. Right, oh, he's in. I'm just going to turn him up now. Right. <laughs> and after that, after all that, should we not bother listening to Witherspoon? <laughs>
6: I'm exhausted.
5: <laughs> Here's our wonderful old friend Witherspoon with his characteristic, insightful comments.
1: Greetings, Lucy, Robert, Yokel Baron, all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here basking in the afterglow of Friday's Dumpty Dum Get-Together in New York and the Gay Pride celebrations of today. That's an appropriate segue to my shout-out to Nina and her caller-in last week. I agree with her. We may very well be celebrating Ben's coming out in the not-too-distant future. Mm. I had predicted so a year or two ago when Ben was still silently hanging out in his bedroom. It was in reaction to what Ruth said about him, along the lines of his not liking farming but liking to watch movies. Something made my radar ping. Then we shall see. Major hats off as well to Barrack Green, who was spot on last week with his prediction regarding the abuse that Jim suffered in his past and his subsequent post-traumatic symptoms. It helps to explain Jim's emotional distancing from those people he loves, his anger at the church, his preference for intellectual pursuits, and his general level of cynicism. As many other coloriners will point out, the writing and level of acting by all three men in the scene was extremely high especially by John Rowe, who plays Jim. Now, if we can just get the writers to get Jim to agree to go to therapy, one is never too old for it. I should also point out the excellent acting by Ryan Kelly, who plays Jazzer. Yeah. I disagree with Royfield, who speculated that the writers don't give Jazzer any heavy lifting because they don't think he's as good as a, an actor as the others. Yes, as I've said before, I think you will continue to be the court jester of Ambridge. It's a key role in a large ensemble drama, much like in a Shakespearean play. As the saying goes, dying is easy, comedy is hard. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Absolutely. Absolutely.
5: I don't have any more to say about Jim because.
6: No, it was just.
5: It's still sinking in, I think. Yeah. That's the thing. Is and that, it's going.
6: It's yeah. It's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out, isn't it?
5: Yeah, and uh, people were speculating on Twitter whether whether he's going to go to the authorities, whether whether mm. he might report this man. Eventually, but the fact or that the there, man there'll just there'll turned debate, up. Eh? the
6: fact that the man just turned up at his party as well, invited well, himself. Often
5: people like that, they don't accept that they've done anything wrong no but there's also i think it's consensual
6: anybody that can kind of um manipulate the truth for a child in that way has a sense of well anybody that anyone that's a pedophile basically has a or or sexual abuser has a sort of a sense of entitlement over other you know i'm entitled to this person i'm entitled to this person's body i'm entitled to this person's you know respect whatever and um uh, so it, he just has a sense of entitlement that you know he wants to go to the party. He's going to go, whether or not it, you know Jim wants him there. Um, mm. So he's, you know, uh, he's certainly not somebody that's hiding or that would go into um, would run would run from Jim. And I think, yeah, as you said, I mean, he may not accept that he's done anything wrong. In which case, uh, it, he's not going to be hard to find, dizzy. That's what I mean. He's not like he's no. going to leg it for France or something.
5: No. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops because mm. you can't just leave it there, can you? No, no. And they won't. We know they that they, they, they even. I think what 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 the archers tends to do is, it it sets a storyline up. You get a, a partial denim or whatever, and then they just leave it to simmer away a yeah. little bit more yeah. and then come back to it. And that's yeah. that's the beauty of this show is that yeah. it's not wham, bam, and everything's, there's a cloud of dust and, and then everything's disappeared. Is, is yeah. that metaphor making any sense? Perhaps no. not. But um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, folks, don't you?
6: I think it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, not wham, bam, oh, dear, everything's disappeared. <laughs>
5: That's... You don't know my
6: life, dear. <laughs> I was going to say, that, says, that tells me quite a lot
5: there,
4: Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes
0: to health care. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
4: <laughs> anyway,
5: that's enough of that. <laughs> it's time to hear. It's time to hear what's been going on in social media land.
8: Hello, Dumpty, it's Jokel Bear here, calling with the social media roundup for the week. We started the week by talking about um, the financial situation and the post agreement apocalypse that was about to descend um, on Bridge Farm. Gina Charlesworth said, why didn't they ask Rob to sign one? Which is a really good question. Why didn't they? Because, I mean, like, look how he turned out. Charlotte Wayne predicted that Natasha was going to go, and in capital letters, MENTAL at the suggestion of it. (laughs) Whereas Alison Hindmark said she needs all the money she can get uh, to keep buying all that expensive face cream, makeup, colour coordinating clothes, etc. So she'll never agree to it in a month of Sundays. Wrong. Now, Alex Russell actually came up with a very sensible um, suggestion, saying surely the better way to do it would be for Pat and Tony to approach it from a business standpoint rather than a postnup. They could say they need to review the business arrangements as there's an extra person now, and as part of that, they're making sure that the business is protected from any of them getting into financial difficulties. It Seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do. Um, yes, Alex, it does sound reasonable, but remember, you're dealing with Pat and tony <laughs> just don't expect any logic and our very own witherspoon made a very good point um it sounded as if pat who is completely tone deaf when it comes mm. to um interpersonal relationships and communication wanted to spring her request upon tom and nasha uh t- natasha together um instead of first you know talking to tom or whatever However, by the end of the week, we knew that the reactions weren't quite what some people predicted, And but one person earlier in the week did predict exactly what was going to happen. Step forward, Barb Danielson, who said Tom will be offended and say no, um, but um, Natasha will be okay with it. So spot on there. Jean Bell later in the week pointed out that uh, Natasha is a better business person than Tom, has her own company to protect. I think there's a lot of truth in that, actually, Jean. Um, and Melissa Williams said Natasha has read the war- writing on the wall and sees it as a get out clause to protect herself. Christmas came early for No Kasha. <laughs> I love that name, No Kasha. <laughs> Rob Williams said. Um, quoting Tony, I didn't expect Tom to fly off the handle, said Tony. Really, Tony, says Rob Williams, you've said you had no confidence in his wife and his marriage. Do you not think he might still feel the teeniest bit raw about her buggering off solo instead of going on honeymoon? Yeah, again, Tony's as tone deaf as Pat sometimes. But it was in this thread that uh, Martin van der Heuvel, um took a wider approach and actually said, where are the summers of yesteryear when it was all about polytunnels, herbal lays, sexy fruit pickers and a bucolic roll in the grass with virile Adam? <laughs> ah yes, the good old days, Martin. Hopefully they'll be back soon. But just to finish off this rather long chat about the postnup, um Christine Coulson actually made a bit of a prop prediction when she said, "Postnup agreements don't matter if your husband is going to have quote, a terrible accident in Cuba. <laughs> oh. Do you think that's going to happen? Is it the end of Sausage Boy? Another thing we did this week, because I I watched BBC's years and years, and if you haven't watched it, you should, because it's really, really good. Um, but I was saying about Anne Reid is probably one of my favourite actresses, and she's yeah. brilliant in years and years. And I said, she'd be my dream person to join the Archers, along with Joanna Lumley. Um, and I asked, kind of, you know, who other, what other people would you like to see as guests or as regulars on the Archers? Um, Caroline Andrews, interestingly said, not an actor or actress as such, but certainly an entertainer. I'd like to see Elton John, Mick Jagger, Rod Stewart, or someone like that. <laughs> can you imagine Elton John in Ambridge? That would be brilliant. <laughs> well, Stephen Bowden took another view, which said, I don't want any famous voices, least of all comic actors. Patricia Hodge was bad enough in the tiny part. Judy Dench was an embarrassment. Steady on now, Bowden. She's a national treasure. Treasure. Um, let's have people who are known as their archer's characters and let them become famous later, like Tamsin Greig, Felicity Jones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see that. But, you know, don't go dissing... Judy Dench, Stephen, we're going to have to have words. Chilly Davenport agrees with me that this Joanna Lumley could have a place, um, but she says, as the long-lost friend of Lillian, would be hilarious. Oh, what fun they could have. It'd be, like, absolutely fabulous, wouldn't it? Oh, my God, could you imagine Patsy from Absolutely Fabulous turning up and being a friend of um, Lillian's? <laughs> oh, my God. And Linda Clark said, David Tennant as the Doctor. Now, steady on there, do you mean like the village doctor? Because if you're talking about Doctor Who and talking about an Ambridge Doctor Who crossover, we are never going to hear the end of it from Millie Bell. Oh, my God, (laughs) she's going to be so excited. We've already had to ask her to move her life-size David Tennant cut out uh, from Dumpty Dum Towers. So, you know, I think this could be problems. (laughs) Now, as you know, it is not a Yoko bear week without a people's poll um and brass looked like they may be sacked from the fate due to the influence of the young whippersnappers um so we asked you know do we book them do we ditch them well 59 percent of people said that we should still book holoton brass band for the fate worse than death um so yes there you go 49 against 41 A bit close but Holot and band you're saved now, after the last six minutes of nonsense, um we need to kind of go on to the more serious side of what happened this week. Um and a bit of a mere culpa for me as well. I've been moaning for a few month well, for about a month now, that things like the gym and the party storyline have been drawn out too long. And it's a mere culpa for me saying that I now completely understand why that story was dragged out. Um because That's how it would happen in real life. You know, this is something that Jim wouldn't be able to just say straight out. Um, And so that actually made it a lot more powerful. I think once we actually got to it, it made it a lot more powerful. Now, we didn't really do a thread on it because I didn't really know what to post on Facebook. So we just posted the BBC Action Line and let people just kind of speak for themselves um, and I just want to read out a couple of the um, reactions. I think across the board, everyone thought that this was an incredible piece of radio. Marion Barton said, I've just listened and I'm still crying. Jim's reactions to everything the last couple of weeks are finally explained and totally understandable. We also see a glimpse of the root of Jim's anger with the church. It explains a lot. Well done, script scriptwriters. Um, and Jazza, I love you. Yeah, Jazza was superb during that. Mark Stubbs said, That was one of the most heart-wrenching and moving storytellings I've ever heard on radio or TV. The way John Rowe conveyed the terrible secrets his character has kept all those years was genuinely heartbreaking. I was crying as I listened to Jim confide in his son and Jazza. The Archers at its absolute best. Margarita um, Carpenter Page said, I wept. It was the most beautiful acting and writing. Just wonderful. And Sean Spencer said, "I'm still almost crying. Nearly two hours later, this shows the power of this writing." And Elizabeth Byrne said, uh, "The Archers has faced up to many difficult social issues in the past. Perhaps this one is the hardest to write. Jim, the most unlikely of characters, one would expect to have suffered in this way, but as he always has trouble with personal relationships, this story has been in the writer's mind for long for a long time. Yeah, and I think so. And and." I don't really know what else to say about it. It's a heartbreaking, heartrending issue. It's a heartbreaking, heartrending, you know, topic to be covered by the archers. But I'm just actually going to finish by saying this. I think this shows the absolute power of the archers is that, you know, we all moan sometimes about, oh, we don't like this plot line, oh, God, they're dragging this out and stuff like that. But then comes moments like this Mm. where the show shows an absolute humanity and compassion and has the power to absolutely move you um, and just make you stop and listen and experience god knows how many emotions it's a powerful thing the archers and i think that's why we all listen to it um so yeah so a bit of a serious end to to mine um let's see what happens with this um but amazing absolutely amazing this week um okay so that's me done um let's keep fingers crossed so we do get that doctor who ambridge crossover for millie bell um but i will see you all in a fortnight bye
5: bye yeah <laughs> i don't want to see doctor who in ambridge i just yeah. want to put my cards on the table there sorry
6: <laughs> me neither it's just
5: fine. Um, <laughs> good i'm glad we agree on that
6: We've uh, we've just had a, a, a hot-off-the-press plot prediction from Ralphonzo oh, right. B., who says, mm. No Casher will sign the post up, then successfully win Piggy's half-million, which Tom and the rest of the bridge farm losers will then have no ability to claim for themselves. Let's add mm. a bridge farm bankruptcy and no Casher buying them out.
5: <laughs> it cost more than half a million to buy bridge farm, won't it?
6: Yes. I I don't know the the rate that they're selling bits of it off. I mean, it's not a. I still don't. I'm still not entirely convinced. It's kind of a a working farm. I don't know how it makes any profit. They never seem to sell anything (laughs) in the shop. The cheese was awful. Um, There's an app that hasn't got anything on it yet, and, and you know how are they making any money?
5: You're forgetting the yogurts and the ice cream.
6: Oh, yes. That's how well, they make... Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean,
5: Bridge Farm ice cream yeah, and yoghurt. Utter rubbish. <laughs> yeah.
6: And the odd veg box.
5: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get into that because the show's nearly over. Oh, okay. And you've got to do Tweet of the Week.
6: Uh, can I do Mirror Headlines first? just one. Yes. Uh, heroic Man Saves Drunk Girlfriend's Eyelashes After Night Out. <laughs> Worth a headline, this money, surely. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> Tweets of the week. That Joel fella is Stormzy going to be the Ambridge Village <laughs> Fate surprise guest star? Oh, uh, I hope so. Mike Lowe. <laughs> the post-nup agreement isn't going to matter anyway after Natasha has murdered them all in their beds. Turn <laughs> now, twenty-seven. If Jazzer is going to give up aquaponics to become a contract killer for Jim, if not him, me. Yes, I think mm. a lot of people would join you on that. Morrissey girl what soup do you serve for lunch when you accuse your new daughter-in-law of being a gold digger? And John Cavanagh, <laughs> uh, Pine a pint, uh, had uh, Clary saying, have you, about the pig, have you thought about Poppy? And Emma saying, I don't think we'd get £5,000 for her. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh,
6: dear.
5: Yeah. You're That's a clever cute. bunch as ever out yes. there in Twitterland. Okay. This is your bit Lucy.
6: Oh, I'm sorry. I've done or at least I do it with you as well and not just with Royfield when it drives him mad. Mm. Uh, remember <laughs> to get in contact you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on the website or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message.
5: And you can find local bear bear, uh, local bear <laughs> You, uh, you can is find local, local bear, bear but anyway, enough of my love. <laughs> you can find Yokel Bear at Dumpty Dum. That's at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. Lucy is at Lucy V Freeman, and I can be found at Naked Fingers. Right, I'm about to uh, hop in the shower, in case you were wondering, and then I'm jetting off to Rome. So we ooh, who are about to fly salute you. Um, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from her.
2: Bye. I
6: thought
5: you were going to say goodbye. I did. <laughs> oh, sorry.
6: Just slowly. Yes. Bye, everybody. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't
4: change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company,
0: offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.